Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. It is the first of the month, which means the rent is due. But with the COVID-19 pandemic gutting parts of the economy, a lot of California renters can't pay it. KQED's Molly Solomon reports advocates have organized a rent strike in hopes of winning support for rent relief on a massive scale. Vanessa Bolnitz lost her job as an early childhood educator when shelter-in-place began in March. The 61-year-old East Oakland resident lives with her husband, who is retired and on a fixed income. They rely on her income to pay their rent of $2,600 every month. We need our rent to be canceled, forgiven. We need it to be gone. Bolnitz says if it's not, they could end up owing back pay in the tens of thousands of dollars. That kind of debt would throw us into homelessness. State and local eviction moratoriums mean renters are protected for now. But for people who've lost work during the pandemic, it could be hard to catch up on back rent. And that could make them vulnerable to evictions later on. 40 percent of households that rent in California will likely be impacted by a job loss, according to new research from UC Berkeley's Turner Center. Across the state, landlords and tenants are calling on Governor Newsom to step in and forgive rent and mortgage debts. But frustrated advocates like Lupe Ariola from Tenants Together say the governor has shown no signs of bolder action. So the answer to the question of has he done enough is a big no. To meet the need of struggling renters nationwide, housing experts say the federal government would likely need to step in. A report from the Urban Institute, a nonpartisan think tank, estimates the price tag could be at least $100 billion. In the meantime, tenants are working together and hope this pandemic could be the spark that ignites a nationwide movement to demand housing affordability. Nick Thacker is an organizer with the Bay Area Tenant and Neighborhood Councils. For many people, the housing market was already a crisis in their lives. And I think when the pandemic came down, it just brought that crisis much closer to many more people. He and thousands of others withholding rent this month hope the strain of this moment catalyzes more people to act. For the California Report, I'm Molly Solomon. With clear skies and some pretty good surf ahead of us this weekend, health officials are once again warning people not to gather at local beaches. The coast along Orange County will be closed altogether, per Governor Gavin Newsom's orders, and the beaches in L.A. County remain shut down as well. But neighboring regions are taking a softer approach. As KCRW's Catherine Barnes reports, surfers and other beachgoers are weighing safety over swells. 
Many Californians took a collective sigh of relief when they heard Governor Newsom dispel rumors of a statewide beach shutdown. Ventura Mayor Matt LeVere was one of them. Outdoors and, and, and the beach here in Ventura, it's part of our DNA. I mean, we treasure our, our recreation and our outdoor physical activity. But LeVere acknowledges safety comes first. Beaches in Ventura are open for active recreation only, like jogging, swimming, or surfing. He says if you're caught sunbathing or building sandcastles... You'll be given uh, a verbal warning first, and if you fail to comply with that verbal warning within an hour, uh, there's a $500 civil citation. But down the coast in Orange County, there's no such reprieve. Those joggers, swimmers, and surfers are getting kicked off the sand, too. Chad Nelson heads up the state's Surfrider Foundation and lives in Laguna Beach. Obviously, we're disappointed that Orange County was singled out, but there were clearly problems in, in some Orange County beaches, including the city of Newport Beach. And Orange County did not, has not developed to date plans like other counties have. He's imploring OC surfers to play by the rules now so they can get back into the waves sooner. For the California Report, I'm Katherine Barnes in Santa Barbara. Let's check in with the state legislature. Before this pandemic, the politicians we send to Sacramento were expected to tackle issues like homelessness, housing, and PG&E's bankruptcy. But the coronavirus has forced new priorities in the state capitol. KQED politics reporter Katie Orr takes a look at how lobbyists are adjusting to the new reality. During a typical legislative session, the halls of the state capitol would be teeming with lobbyists by now all of them doing the bidding of their clients and causes. But very little of that is happening at the moment, at least not in person, says Samantha Corbin, a founding partner of Corbin & Kaiser, a lobbying and public affairs firm. Myself and most people I know are on the phone 8, 9, 10 plus hours a day in 15 to 30 minute increments. It's actually pretty intense and overwhelming. The virus has also upended the legislative calendar, and Corbin says the shortened timeline has made one thing clear. If it's not something that relates to the coronavirus or critical state infrastructure or isn't otherwise kind of exacerbated by it, it's really unlikely that legislation is going to move this year. That dynamic is creating uncertainty for things like changes to the controversial AB5, last year's bill limiting who can be considered an independent contractor. Laura Bennett is a principal consultant at the California Advisors lobbying firm, whose clients include Uber and TaskRabbit. She said some policy committee chairs are asking authors to justify their bills with what are called criticality statements. And they are looking at those statements and how they do either relate to COVID or some other urgent immediate need. And I would categorize AB5 underneath that category. Given state finances, education lobbyists are also concerned about the coming budget year. Kevin Gordon is president of Capital Advisors Group, which represents school districts. His clients are focused on stemming the bleeding from what they expect to be massive cuts. No increases, no big new money, no new programs, obviously, but not cuts that are so deep that it makes it impossible for school districts to operate. It won't be fully clear how big an effect COVID-19 will have on the state's budget until after the July tax deadline. But everyone is bracing for the worst. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento.
Today, one of the state's least populated counties in the far northeastern corner of the state starts a staged reopening of its non-essential businesses. Modoc County Supervisor Ned Coe says his county currently has no reported cases of COVID-19. He argues many residents feel they don't face the same risks as people in urban areas. We are the third smallest population of a county in California. So we have practiced social distancing even before it was in the vernacular of today. Businesses do have to follow state guidelines and rules developed by the county's public health officer. For instance, restaurants can operate at only 50 percent capacity. That story brings up a lot of feelings, hope, a tinge of worry, wistfulness. Good luck, Modoc County. We're eager to follow in your footsteps. But in the meantime, here we are. Many of us are sheltering in place, and it's been real, to say the least. And our partners at CAP Radio have been documenting all of it with help from listeners. In a new project they've launched called Isolated Together, CAP Radio's Scott Rod leads the project. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Lily. So why don't we start by just having you tell us how you got this project started in the first place? You know, we're all in this really interesting moment where we're stuck at home for the most part, and we're trying to find ways to stay productive, stay sane, uh, work from home. And it's it's these interesting, weird moments that reporters love to try to capture. Uh, unfortunately, it's tough for us right now to get out and actually get the sounds ourselves, right? Because we're all stuck at home. So we're inviting listeners to capture some of that sounds themselves just using their smartphones. And you launched the project a couple of weeks ago. What kind of sound have you been getting from people so far? You know, we've been getting a range of submissions, and we've already done one feature on people turning to playing music during their isolation. And here's a pediatrician named Eric Fernandez y Garcia, and he tells us a little bit about why music right now is so important to him. I have been spending my time away from the uh, hospital in isolation with my family and have taken advantage of that time to work on playing the African diasporatic instrument called the beating bow, accompanied by the kashishi. I find that trying to work on really getting the groove and the swing of the basic rhythm is almost meditative for me and helps get my mind off of the anxieties that we're feeling in the healthcare industry. And we're also doing another feature on people cooking. And here's a woman named Bella Dalton talking about why she loves being in the kitchen right now. Cooking for me is really important during uh, these times because it's a way to de-stress. It provides a level of consistency to a time where there's a lot of inconsistent things. Yeah, Scott, I keep seeing all these images of banana bread everywhere, so the cooking one is really hitting home. Um, You know, I know you guys are looking for other sounds and activities. Um, Tell us about exactly what you're looking for in case people want to contribute. I would say nothing's off the table and encourage people to surprise us. You know, I'd love to hear about people getting outside in fun and creative and and safe ways, people building things. Um, You know, I even would love to do a story about couples who are stuck inside their homes trying to navigate being around each other all the time and, you know, what maybe that sounds like. So I would really encourage people to think outside the box and think of creative sounds to send us. Love it. Cap Radio Scott Rod of the new project Isolated Together. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you, Lily.
Learn how you can contribute sound to this series by going to capradio.org forward slash isolated. Many Californians took a collective sigh of relief when they heard Governor Newsom dispel rumors of a statewide beach shutdown. Ventura Mayor Matt LeVere was one of them. Outdoors and the, and the beach here in Ventura, it's part of our DNA. I mean, we treasure our, our recreation and our outdoor physical activity. But LeVere acknowledges safety comes first. Beaches in Ventura are open for active recreation only, like jogging, swimming, or surfing. He says if you're caught sunbathing or building sandcastles... You'll be given uh, a verbal warning first, and if you fail to comply with that verbal warning within an hour, uh, there's a $500 civil citation. But down the coast in Orange County, there's no such reprieve. Those joggers, swimmers, and surfers are getting kicked off the sand, too. Chad Nelson heads up the state's Surfrider Foundation and lives in Laguna Beach. Obviously, we're disappointed that Orange County was singled out, but there were clearly problems in in some Orange County beaches, including the city of Newport Beach. And Orange County did not, has not developed to date plans like other counties have. He's imploring OC surfers to play by the rules now so they can get back into the waves sooner. For the California Report, I'm Katherine Barnes in Santa Barbara. Let's turn now to our sister show, the California Report's weekly magazine. This week, we'll hear stories from around the state about people trying to stop other Californians from going hungry during this crisis. On tiny Catalina Island, Danny Silva Rios, a senior at Avalon High School, has been volunteering in the food bank. We all know that we all need the help right now, especially since the whole island is pretty much shut down and no tourists are allowed to come in right now. Shuttering the tourist industry has meant 80 to 90 percent of Catalina residents are out of work. We'll also hear stories from rural Trinity County, which already has some of the highest rates of food insecurity in the state. Food bank workers there are driving hundreds of miles to reach people like Laura Turner in the remote town of Zinnia near the border with Humboldt. Usually it's 100 miles in any direction from here to a large town where you can buy groceries. We'll hear those stories on this week's California Report magazine. Tune in on this station or download the podcast. Just look for the bear wearing earbuds. Before we go this morning, a heads up about the Bay Area Book Festival kicking off this weekend. Organizers couldn't make it work in person because of the pandemic, so... It's all online, and festival director Sherilyn Parsons says they're trying to use that to their advantage. You know, there's some advantages to it. Um, You know, there's people who can come to the festival, so to speak, um, from all over the country. We're getting emails from throughout the country and actually the world because our festival is international. Online lectures and other events will continue through June for the Bay Area Book Festival. Hashtag Unbound. And that is the California Report for this Friday, May 1st, a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer. Raquel Maria Dillon, Alice Wolfley, and Mary Franklin Harvin are our producers. Angela Corral is the editor of the show. Our managing editor is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Hint Water. Hint is water infused with fruit essences, including watermelon and blackberry. No sugar, no sweeteners, no calories. Available in grocery stores. Hint. Mouthwatering water.
The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically, learn more at Irvine.org, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Together. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 